0: Hello, and welcome back to the FCF podcast. Each week, we've been looking at community with Mike Williams. This is our 10th and final week. So let's hear what Mike has to finish up with. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this meditation. This is the 10th and final podcast in this series on the theme of one another. Today, we focus on some words of Jesus found in John chapter 13, verse 14, where he said, you ought to wash one another's feet. Today we're thinking about washing one another's feet. Now I'm sure this story is well known to you. As an eyewitness, John wrote the gospel and all the little details of his resurrection make the story come alive. We can just see it happening. We can see Jesus rising from the supper table, taking off, His outer cloak, picking up a towel, tying it around his waist, pouring water into a basin, then washing his disciples' feet, finishing by wiping them with the towel. It's interesting to note that this is the one and only time in the Gospel record where Jesus instructs his followers to copy his example. In chapter 13, verse 15, he explained. I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done. But this raises the question of how we are to interpret what Jesus instructs here. Should we interpret Jesus' instruction literally? Well, some churches do. Often during Holy Week, and especially on the Thursday of that week, some denominations reenact. The events of John 13 by washing one another's feet. It has become part of their church ritual and worship. There's nothing wrong with this practice, and although I have never seen it done as part of a worship service, perhaps we should give it a go sometime in FCF. However, I think there is more to it than a simple reenactment. There are principles behind and beneath. Jesus's example. First, there's the principle of seeing and meeting the needs of others. No one else had washed the disciples' feet that day. It was a sandal-wearing country, and feet naturally became dusty after walking along a street or a country road. Usually, guests would have had their feet washed before they ate their meal. Small details matter in the eyes of the Lord. And noticing that feet had not been washed, Jesus decided to do it himself. He saw a need and he met it. Second, there is the principle of humility. It's not difficult for us to imagine that washing people's feet is not something we would enjoy. There are some who suffer from podophobia, a fear of feet, sometimes seeing feet or touching feet, sometimes seeing or touching their own feet. This is why the task was normally the reserve of the lowest-ranking servant, someone to whom the most menial tasks were given. We must not underestimate the significance that Jesus did not think so highly of himself that such a task was beneath him. Something needed doing No one else was bothered, so Jesus washed their feet. This action demonstrated a humble attitude that he wants us to adopt as well. This is the principle of humility. Third, there is the principle of leadership. Jesus, as teacher of this group, as master of the disciples, sets an example of how leadership should be expressed leaders in the Christian tradition need to, to grasp the link that binds service with leadership. Before adopting a role as leader, a Christian should first embrace the role of servant. I recall something one of my university professors said in a lecture once. The lecture was in practical theology and the professor was the Reverend Dr. Murdo Ewan MacDonald from the Isle of Haras in the Outer Hebrides. Speaking of the role of a minister, he said, a minister is a servant to his congregation, but the congregation is not his master. Leaders are not necessarily people who bark orders, rather they are people who serve others and lead by example and relationship. Fourth, there is the principle of leaving a positive legacy. In washing the disciples' feet, Jesus left a legacy for subsequent generations like us. We mustn't forget the importance of laying down the foundations of solid Christian truth and principles for the next generation to follow. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 78 verses 5 and 6, God established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to our children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. You see, the testimony and the law we want the next generation to embrace includes The principle of seeing and meeting the needs of others. The principle of having an attitude of humility. And the principle of leading by serving and through relationship. The principle of leaving a legacy means the next generation can continue to build the kingdom of God on a solid foundation that we have laid. Finally, there's the principle of indwelling. The principle of indwelling. It would be a mistake for us to think of these principles as strategies to be employed in life. As if by more conscious effort to do these things we can please the Lord by how we live. The gospel message is not about us trying to do more things. The gospel message is the opposite of that. The gospel message begins with the knowledge that I don't have what it takes to live the Christian life the way the Lord wants it to be lived. No matter how hard I try, in the end I will fail. The gospel message is that my only hope is in Jesus, in him residing, in him living, staying, abiding, indwelling my heart. Jesus lives in the hearts of his followers and he does so by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. My goal is not to implement strategies but to be filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus. When I am so filled in this way, guess what? Jesus lives his life through me. This is a life of love. I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind and strength, allowing him to dwell within by faith. And in him I love my neighbour as he does. This is why this story demonstrates the principle of indwelling. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 puts it like this. The glory of this mystery is Christ in you, the hope. Glory. However, we must recognize that the Holy Spirit cannot enter just any heart. He can only enter a cleansed heart. He can only enter a welcoming heart. And he can only enter a surrendered heart. That is why prayer is essential. Through prayer, I confess my unworthiness. Through prayer, I express my longing for Christ to live within me. And through prayer, I surrender my heart and future to him. Now, if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, check out the webpage and look for the booklet entitled, Do You Know? And it will will help you with more information. Now, may I just say, God bless you all. Thanks again for joining us on the FCF podcast and thank you for tuning in to all 10 episodes. If you haven't yet listened to all 10 episodes feel free to do so on whatever streaming platform you're using. Also make sure to check out our new Thursday segment Two Minutes Two Questions and that is available on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. Thank you very much.